Balls are back. Yeah, they had us the first half. I'm not going to lie. Oh, could be Wayne. I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh. I love it, baby. Them orange britches. Something about them orange britches. Ball hit high in the air in the right field. Going back to Sayre. And Tennessee can say hello with Column. A grand slam in the bottom of the ninth. You can't draw it up any better. We just won a basketball game, and we're very happy right now. I made up my mind. I don't expect to ever look back. I'm going to stay at the University of Tennessee. Yeah! It to do and welcome into more important issues. It is Thursday, November 10th. We are back waiting on another win in Neyland. Last week sucked, but we're moving past it. No more talk about it. We're done. It is Missouri week. Um, I saw some Missouri fans are already offended by the name Eli Dorkowitz. They're going to be really offended by the 60 points that Hendon Hooker and Josh Heupel hang on them. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough Saturday. Well, did did you not see the long list of uh, things that Dorkwitz learned after uh, that beating they took last year from Tennessee? No, but I mean, I'm glad he's taking notes. That's that's good. He's a, he is a learner. Yeah. So they asked him in a press conference if he learned anything. He's like, oh yeah, whole lot, whole list of things. But I'm not going to share those with you. Maybe after the game, Mike. How stupid do you sound? He signed an extension. Did you see that? I did. Um, very interesting. Incredible. I kind of commend Missouri for just going. It, it could be worse. Um, we are Missouri. We're in the SEC. It's going to continue to probably get harder. So just keep the one guy. Um, I kind of respect it to a degree, but it is truly baffling. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this week, you just got to pray for Mizzou. I mean, Tennessee should be pissed off. Um, if they were anything like Tennessee fans and watching that Tuesday show of the college football playoff rankings, um, that should be the only fuel you need. Georgia everything, Tennessee shouldn't deserve it. You know, it is what it is. Uh, Tennessee's got to take care of business, and, and I think they will be kind of pissed off this, this week. And, um, beat a team that they should beat probably by 40 points. Yeah, and kind of going into the, looking at the college ball playoff, Tennessee is technically on the – they don't control their own destiny right now. They're on the outside looking in. But if you go win out, I mean, they put you at number one before you played the team that everybody knew was the best team in the country. Um, I mean, not that I think Tennessee – Tennessee could have played better last Saturday. Uh, they did just get beat by a really good football team. But the committee has a level of respect for you, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's more the the talking heads, and maybe that leaks in. But right now, I think if you go and win out, you have a you know one of the teams in front of you is going to lose right now. You know that. Um, so you go win out, you do it in stylish fat. Everybody wants to talk about style points and all this and blah blah blah. Um, so you go do it in quote unquote style. And I think Tennessee still has a really good hold on their their destiny. Obviously, a few things have to happen. Things have to go your way um, for teams that you don't play. But all in all, you do have control um, 
over quite a bit still. So you're at number five. One of the teams in front of you has to lose. So, I, I mean, all in all, I'm not I, – I, it's kind of weird. You think they just stay – because one team has to lose. You think they just stay at number – you know, in the top four. But it is what it is, and I think Tennessee still has a good shot. And, hey, listen, just to be in the mix, it, it makes it a little bit more fun, doesn't it? Obviously, you want to be there come December 31st, but at least makes it a little bit more fun for the next next month. month and a half. We're, we're talking about it, which is crazy going into the season. We're never – Never thought we'd even really even watch the college football playoff rankings because who gives a rat's ass. Um, but we're sitting here right right in the thick of it, like you said, and, you know, who who knows what can happen. You know, we got some help last week, even though we did take that loss, and um, Tennessee has a really favorable schedule going forward. It's time for some style points. I kept hearing that, style points. Kirk Herbstreit said it. And, you know, he didn't really agree with himself on that show, but, you know, I know we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but uh, yeah, just a that should be fuel for Tennessee. That's all I'm going to say. Well, and I do want to ask this question. I know we'll talk, like you said, more about it. <clears throat> I don't. I get kind of playing the hot hand. You see teams that are playing better in the back end of their schedule, but it goes. Why even play the games if you're not going to look at weeks one through nine? What's the point? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I have a lot about the college football playoff that like just didn't make sense to me. Let's, um, talk, let's talk about Missouri, and then we'll, we'll get yeah. into the college football playoff. We're going to follow our schedule um, unlike we normally do. But uh, I like what you said, <laughs> get back to winning. And that's the, I think that's the biggest key to the game uh, this week is get back to – I think even against Kentucky, I, I think Tennessee got into some uncharacteristic things. I don't think it looked like the Tennessee offense – I think part of it was you jumped out to a quick lead. You didn't need to. And then I think some of those things carried over into Georgia. I think it's about getting back into the character of who Tennessee's been, who they were for the first uh, eight weeks, really, uh, seven weeks, and and bringing that back to Missouri. Like you said, favorable schedule. Don't give – Missouri, uh, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt should not have a shot against you. They should. I mean, let, just being realistic, they should. Um, so make that count. Yeah, Tennessee's a, a three-touchdown favorite this week, and I would think that Missouri is the best out of those three teams, which, you know, uh, you're comparing, you know, to, like, bottom-tier programs. But still, uh, I think Missouri is the – because they are better defensively than South Carolina and Vanderbilt. That's the thing. They have a, They have a strong unit. They have an identity to them. Where, like you said, the last two teams don't really have much of an identity. Which is funny because Drinkwitz is an offensive guy, but yeah. the best thing about this team is their defense. And a defensive coordinator who was, I think, hired as a safeties coach and then got promoted in a month to defensive coordinator, and that's Blake Baker, maybe? Yeah, sure. Um, Sounds good to me. He, he was from LSU. That, that's how I know who he is. But, uh, yeah, I mean, th- this team is, is – they're good defensively, but they haven't played an offense. They they played the worst offensive teams in this conference. They they haven't played Ole Miss. They haven't played, you know, Tennessee. They haven't played LSU, Alabama, Mississippi State. You know, all those teams that can score, they haven't played those teams. So I, I think their their stats, you know, they look good. They're averaging twenty one points per game um, on the defensive side and three hundred four yards per game is what they're giving up, but. I think a lot of that is kind of swayed by the opponents they played. Yeah, and not that, and I will give Missouri some credit, a level of credit. They've only given up. You don't have to. I, it's fine. I, I want to. I want because okay. I, 
it's only on one side of the ball. It's that unit that, like I said, Correct. they do have an identity to them. So for as far as how their defense looks, they've only given up 26 points. And, and I'm not saying Georgia's um, – they're not as – well, first off, Missouri lost that game. I, I mean, Georgia should have one loss. Missouri lost that game. Mm-hmm. But Georgia's offense is uh, – trying to think of the right word. They're – they're just, I guess, calculated. They can, they can score, and it's not that they go out and score at will, like some, like some of the teams you mentioned can, um, but that they can, and they held them to twenty six points. So I do want to give a level of credit to that. But you mentioned the other teams they play or haven't played. Um, to be fair, Georgia's it, and then I mean they did play Florida. Um, they they still lose that game, and then we know Anthony Richardson hasn't had a good game since Utah and Tennessee. I mean, just has not looked like the Anthony Richardson. Um, that Tennessee saw. I don't know what he finished with this week. I know they scored a lot of points, so maybe I should. They did play A and M though. He did have a long run. I saw that him running down the sidelines, and you know A and M was trying to catch him, and there was no they, luck in that. But they scored points, but that was on a team that had thirty guys out with flu, illness, or injury, or illness, injury, or suspension. So, is that right. a, even an SEC team at that point? Uh, hey, style points, Herb Street. Style points. Doesn't matter who you play, right? Yeah, for sure. Just style points. Um, yeah, they are, you know, decent defensively. They, they, I think they've gotten to the quarterback around 23 times. Um, the secondary is pretty good. Rake Straw and, and Chris Abrams Dre are their corners. And then you got Joseph Charleston. He's a um, Clemson transfer, actually, the, the brother of former Tennessee baseball player, Jay Charleston. And then um, Jalen Carlisle is, is a really good player for them as well. They're going to keep stuff in front of them. But then again, I go back to like, they haven't really been tested vertically. Um, th- you know, they did play Georgia, but that was such a weird Georgia game. You know, that if Georgia plays the way that they did last week against Missouri, they beat them by probably 35, 40 points. Yeah, yeah. Georgia played one of their best games this year. Yeah. Good for them. <laughs> Style points. Um, God, I can't wait for the college football playoff. It's pissed me off so much just thinking about it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a this is a get-back game for – Hinton Hooker. It's a get back game for Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman, who looked better last week, you know, coming back from injury. Um, but they just weren't that same explosive offense like they have um, you know, the the rest of the season. And I know Missouri's probably gonna try to do some stuff Georgia does. But the thing is they don't have the talent that Georgia well, does. So maybe. It depends on the kind of notes. <laughs> Drinkowitz took last year. I, right. Which one does he go with? The, the one. Hopefully, that he just goes the, off the same game plan he did last year. That would that, be that would be my hope. Um, and that's the thing too is I think I, I if you want a box score watch, box score watch. Everyone's saying that that Oregon and Tennessee loss are the same. First off, no, they're not. Um, Tennessee on three big plays. Three could have been touchdowns if they're not overthrows. One of them makes it a one-possession game. Sure, Georgia slowed the game down. They slowed the game down, though, because they know if you get in a shootout with Tennessee, it's dangerous. They, they wanted to take the ball away from Tennessee. It wasn't about – it wasn't just milking the clock so they could get out of there and get get to uh, Kirby Smart's dinner reservation on time. That wasn't why. It, it was calculated on purpose, keep the ball away from Tennessee. And and so they, they took away Tennessee's ability to hit on the ball or hit on the long ball, not only um, – fast but consistently 
and then Tennessee just wasn't able to do it at all. I don't see Missouri being able to take away those big plays. So, you know, could they hold Tennessee under their their uh, season average? I think it dropped down to like 46. Sure, I could see that. I don't see them holding Tennessee to less than 26 points. So I, that's that's what I don't see happening. No, I, I'm with you. I, I don't think so either. I think Tennessee's gonna gonna have a better day running the football. I think the offensive line as a whole has to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were just out of characteristic, and I think we talked about on, on Sunday. Just the pre-snap penalties w- was a big thing. The interior um, linemen were just getting beat up. And, you know, Hendon Hooker was getting people in his face. He wasn't able to make those throws down the field. You know, look at Stetson Bennett. Look at his pocket. You know, there were some pictures going around about, you know, there was no one within five yards of him every time he stepped back. There was somebody always in Hendon Hooker's face. I just don't I just don't see Missouri being able to have the same kind of pressure that Georgia did. And, you know, for that reason, I think Tennessee goes over 35, 40 points. And Missouri's offense is not capable of scoring that much, that many. No, and they—I mean, their strongest assets, their running game, and it's not—it's <clears throat> not electric by any means. It, I guess you could argue it's not their strong. They don't really have a strong asset on the on the yeah. offensive side of the ball because their running game isn't great, and then I mean, their passing game's okay. So it, it's yeah, I, I don't see the ability <coughs> to either keep up or the ability to. Um, to keep the ball away from Tennessee's offense, which I think, you know, I think if Alabama could go back, they would probably try to do a better job of giving it to their, whatever you want to call them, Jameer Gibbs. Uh, give All purpose. Yeah. Right, just, I mean, your, your workhorse. I mean, let them, maybe they don't try to pace Tennessee, but, you know, they did have to play from behind there for a while. So I think teams did see the formula to beat in Tennessee. Here's the kicker, though. They didn't see an average. They they saw the best team in the country beat Tennessee doing that. So that that's the hard thing to do. Jeremy Pruitt tried to play Alabama's offense from you know 2013 his entire time at Tennessee. He didn't have the dudes to do it. You can't do it unless you have the dudes. There's no one else in the country that has the dudes that Georgia does. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, there there's probably what ten first round draft picks on that defense, or, or somewhere kind of close to that, probably. Um, on that roster, so yeah, I just don't see Missouri having that kind of day against Tennessee, and I don't see Tennessee having the same kind of day they had against Georgia either. Like that was a bad performance. Yeah, um, and you can credit a lot of that to Georgia, I guess. But you're going to be at home; those pre-snap penalties should not be there. Tennessee's not going two for fourteen on third down. They're going to be a lot better on first and second down. Jabari Small should be healthy. Hopefully Jalen Rye can hold on to the football. I mean, it's kind of been a struggle with the running backs a little bit. They just haven't been, you know, they're not super explosive. You know, there's not a ton of big runs. Um, but I think part of that is Jabari Small is always dealing with an injury. Jalen Rye does kind of have the fumbles, and, and they don't seem to trust Dylan Sampson. But I think having a, a week of practice, um, kind of getting healthy, getting ready for, you know, the back end of the schedule. Yeah, it's 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 favorable. There, there's three of the worst teams in the SEC. Yeah, name me a worse team than either one of those. Maybe Auburn, maybe Texas A&M. Auburn, but they're they're, they're kind of all bunched up together. Auburn definitely worse, I think, than uh, South Carolina. A&M got beat by South Carolina. It's at home. And that's another thing. Tennessee does. Um, you talk about you get to the meteor schedule, and now you're kind of out where you. I don't want to use the word coast, but. You're definitely favorable. 
Um, you, you do have that road game that's at South Carolina. That's a night game. That is going to be a good environment in Williams. Bryce, hey, if you're going to be there, let me know where you're tailgating. Thank you so much. Um, but and that that does add a little bit of trouble. But when you just line the two teams up, you know which one's better. There, there's not a doubt. Um, South Carolina is one of the bottom teams. Uh, remove Vandy from the conversation. They don't count. They're obviously <laughs> they're in a tier of their own. Um, they're in the bottom of the. They SEC. almost beat Missouri too. They did. They did. I was. I was. I, I was. I won't use the word rooting. I was hoping. I was uh, I gave it, you know, I, I was like, you're rooting on, for chaos. Yeah, I was like, you know, just one of those little, come on, Vandy, do it, do it for fun. Like, why not? Yeah, one of those. Um, I, I would love for Vandy to go 0 and 12 every year. I would, I would love nothing more. But yeah, so I mean, this is this is definitely a time to kind of get out, and I think it's good going into postseason, and it would really sucks to not have a chance at an SEC championship game because talk about some fine tune up games before that. You know, you're not 100. percent You're not Alabama finishing off with with Auburn. You're not um, LSU finishing off as that Arkansas that week. It's what a good year it would have been to play in an SEC championship game. So that really sucks, especially with the way the West. You beat the two best teams in the West. Well, three yeah. of the two of the top three. Um, so I man, what, what a year it would have been. It, it sucks you weren't able to, to top off Georgia, but yeah, I, I agree with as far as. Missouri, I think, is going to be one of your toughest tests just because of the defense in the back end of the schedule. So what a week to just kind of get the ball rolling uh, to finish out your year 3-0. and Yeah, and, I, and I'm just, you know, looking at this game, I'm just thinking if you can't score, I think it's going to be a rough day because I, I just keep going back to Kentucky. That's exactly what Kentucky was. They, they have trouble scoring. You know, they have pretty good defense, trouble scoring. And, you know, Tennessee just had their way with them. Uh, I just kind of think that this game leans into the same way. Brady Cook is not great. You know, he's averaging 194 yards per game in SEC play. And Hendon Hooker had an off game against Georgia, one of the best defenses in the country, and had 195 yards last last week. So uh, if that tells you anything, just kind of how he is, um, six touchdowns, seven interceptions. Out of those six touchdowns, three are against Abilene Christian. Um, he's yet to throw multiple touchdowns in a game um, in SEC play. So, I mean, it's just – and that's where Tennessee struggles at is the back end. So, I just don't see – I know Dominique um, Lovett is a pretty decent wide receiver, but, you know, yeah, it's – Here's the thing, Brady Cook. If you if you want to get your two touchdown passes in SEC play, this is the week to do it. It may not be <laughs> enough to win, but this is your week to do it. So, why don't you just go out and have some fun? Well, he also messed up and, and said they've been battle-tested. You know, they played in Williams-Brice, which is allowed – um, atmosphere, and you know, I, I got a little news for Brady Cook. Williams Bryce is nothing like Neyland Stadium. Now it is a noon game; it is Senior Day. There, there's some different stuff going on, but it's going to be a lot louder than Williams Bryce was. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I don't. It's funny. I, I think as far as noon game goes, you got the most favorable noon game ever, right? Because middle of middle pack of the SEC, unless it's Bama, which would never be noon or. Uh, Florida noon game. Those, those crowds always going to show up. But noon Kentucky, weird week. Nothing. Everyone's kind of peeking ahead at Georgia. That would have been the time to catch Tennessee. Now you caught up not only a pissed off team, but a pissed off fan base at noon. Guys, the drinks are going to be flowing at like 7 a.m. This this fan base, it's sold out. It's going to be it's senior day. This isn't the time you wanted to play Tennessee at noon. This isn't the favorable noon games. Yeah, look at all that list that we saw today of all those seniors. Now, a lot of those will have the option to come back. I know Byron Young, Juwan Mitchell, both 
have another year. So I know we'll get in into that a little bit, but um, this is a, a lot of those guys like a Cedric Tillman, a Darnell Ride, a Hendon Hooker, maybe Jalen Hyatt. Like this is their last game in Neyland Stadium, and you know they're going to give it their all. Jalen Hyatt's gone. I just want to address that. He probably is. Yeah, you, we're we're going to be looking at him like that. Uh, was it Kool Aid McKinstry? On the no, it, it was it was Helms. Okay, it would have been cooler if it was Kool Aid. Um, yeah, we're going to be looking <laughs> at him at the combine. That's going to be all Tennessee fans. Yeah, sad face on. But no, Kool Aid. I'm pretty sure was the one Brew McCoy Moss at the end of that game. Probably, we'll give it to him. <laughs> you don't get Alabama fans riled up. They'll talk about his call back interception. That was clearly, you know, called in by Buffalo Wild Wings, according to them. Flag didn't come out until he crossed the 50. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell the Bama fans that weren't at the game, by the way. It's very right. easy to tell. Which wasn't many. Tennessee fans did a good job showing up. They did do. It wasn't Georgia. Georgia in 17 was embarrassing. Or was it? Yeah, 17, I think. I think 19 was embarrassing, too. When they I don't remember. I mean, there were probably 20,000 Georgia fans. It was embarrassing. I don't even remember that. Uh, for you. I only remember this year. That's all I remember. <laughs> Good for you. I, I'm glad you can do that. Uh, I, would lo- I would love to remove myself from a lot of the, the heart uh, heartbreak I've experienced inside Neyland Stadium. That was Some of that's been brutal. But yeah, um, Missouri averaging 18 points per game on offense in SEC play. And again, I, I just keep going back to like they have they played Auburn, they played South Carolina, they played Vandy, Kentucky. I mean, just none of those teams are just great. And eighteen a game. I just I, I don't even know how. How do you go from last year where you're putting up points to this year where you're I'm pretty good on defense? Now you couldn't stop anybody last year, much like Tennessee. Um they did score 52 on Louisiana Tech, Landon. I mean, come on. And then they got freaking destroyed by Kansas State and Adrian Martinez. So, Do we bring back JG for the this game? We should, yeah. Okay. Should he go through senior day again? How many times does he go through? Like eight? He should get another chance, I think. <laughs> He's got a year. One, one more chance. He's got a COVID year. He would have started over Hendon. Oh, for sure. Jeremy Pruitt definitely would have started him over Hendon Hooker. There's zero doubt in my mind. <laughs> I need to get my board out. Our last uh, zero days since last incident. I almost did it on purpose now. I almost do it on purpose. Also, what's up with Jeremy Pruitt? Have you seen him recently, like talking? No, is he? His eyebrows, like one is just like way up here, he and is... the other one's just like down here. I have noticed in his interviews that he he talks with his eyebrows a lot. I don't know if he did that at Tennessee, but like you know they're moving in there. He's flexing them a little bit. He's You're like oh, one's you like know. way like they're not even at all. Whoever does yeah. his eyebrows should be fired. You think he gets his eyebrows done? Oh yeah. You think a guy with zero head, like not even a little hair, he doesn't have to shave his head. That's how bald he is. You think that man gets his <laughs> eyebrows done? Probably. What a waste of money. JG I mean, does his eyebrows. Just, just shave them at this point. Uh, if JG did his eyebrows. They would, they would, they'd be. That's that's why uh, Jeremy Pruitt grabbed his face mask. He was telling him how bad of a job he did on his eyebrows. So we should have just fired him for cause then. I mean, a lot of people didn't like it. They said it was abuse or something. I know we should have we should have saw it coming. We we just thought he was a football guy. <laughs> I read an article today that I was talking about how teams are. 
uh, struggling to, you know, deal with travel bills and stuff now because of everything, travel prices are raised, food prices are raised, all that. Meanwhile, I mean, Nebraska's buyout of Scott Frost is what? Like 20 million, 30 million? It's a lot. Uh, Auburn's buyout was 40 million. You're, you're telling me you're struggling to buy food? And Texas A&M's like, like Texas A&M's like, hold my beer. I'm about to pay ninety million yeah. for Jimbo to get out. God, I hope they, I hope they fight. Root for chaos. Uh, I never want to see a guy lose his job. I would hate for Jimbo Fisher to have to sit at home in whatever retirement community he wanted to sit in with ninety million dollars. I'd hate that for him and his family. That's a tough thing to go through as a man to get fired from your job, pay ninety million dollars to not coach. Who would ever want that? But man, do I root for chaos. <laughs> Wasn't Eli Drinkowitz on like a short list and you know, when we were hiring Jeremy Pruitt? Probably. Are you are we really okay, let's just real quick. You know, because Brian Harson acted all sad when he got fired. I get, at what level can you be sad if you just got written you're gonna get a check written for forty million dollars? At yeah. what le- like hey, come on. That that's one of those things like a like a two weeks notice. You're kind of just doing your due diligence there. You're just like just try, not trying to burn any bridges, even though they tried to destroy you last year. <laughs> and, yeah. and now they're fine. If I'm Jeremy Pruitt, I cry. I cry a lot. I just lost $12 million for doing what Nick Saban taught me to do. I get that. Oh, uh, yeah. What about him? He's buttering up some people. He's he's trying to get back in that money. You have to, right? I mean, come on. He, he sh- He's going to be a defense coordinator. I doubt they come down with show, closet, show causes uh, with everything that's changed in college football. So, I wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, we go on prediction? Yeah, let's go prediction. Also, if y'all have uh, anything, y'all drop those in the chat. Any questions, comments, score predictions, drop those in the chat. We'll be happy to read those off as we go through. So, um, you, you go first. I always go first. Okay. Um, Tennessee's averaging right about 46 points per game. I'm going to go just under that. I'm going to give Missouri's defense a little bit of credit. 45. Uh, I don't see Missouri scoring 17, but I'll give them 17. Okay. I, w- I was going to go – man, 45 is a good number. I like that number. I like 45-17 too, go, but go I'm like – Go like 42-43, just like it'd be funny that we beat – I'm going 48. Chase McGrath, you know, hits a late field goal to just kind of ice his um, career inside Neyland Stadium. Um, Does it yeah, I'm going to – it doesn't matter. No, no, as just, as for it like goes good, in. just for good memories. Does it get tipped? No, this is a dong punch. <laughs> You're going to catch it? It's that, it's that far? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I hope it's not that far. That would be uh, <laughs> wide. Party deck. Party wide deck right. You're going to be in the yeah. party deck. You're going to make your way over to the party deck. Yeah. I, I need to – Grit, you got some connections. Let me know. I need to hear um, about the party deck. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt your score. No, I, I would like to hear about that too. If you've been on the party deck, let me call me right now. We'll talk. I'm going to go 48-20. 48-20. I like that. I think they probably scored more than 17. I just like talking trash. Um, Elijah Young, touchdown inside Neyland Stadium. I'd love nothing more. And, and also, that's why I hate Missouri, too. Play Elijah Young. Quit playing these white running backs. No offense, but stop. Also, I've heard some rumors he's going to transfer. And if he is, not Elijah, a white running back. Um, either running backs. Just – let me know what you need to get to Knoxville. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we, we just need, we need backs. He is white, but he's good. Who? Schrader? Yeah. 
He is not good. You would take him on your team. Don't. I would not. Don't, He's trash. Don't, don't don't do that. You would take him on your team. No, I would don't, not. Don't let Eli Drinkowitz convince you because he doesn't know how to run an offense. App State got better when he left. Don't don't let him convince you that he's not. <laughs> no, I don't want to. If you're Conference USA team, are they Conference? Are they Sun Belt? Are they Sun Belt? Who Missouri? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they will be soon. Um, yeah, App State they should. I think be. they're Sun Belt. I can't. I don't think they have the A on their jersey. I don't know. I don't care. Anyways, the AAC. Ooh, that may be right. Conference USA even still exist? Why, do I, why no. would there be an A in there? I'm an idiot. AAC probably. That's what it is. I, I, I see USA and I just think America, which is also an M, not an A, but you get it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, college football playoff. I don't get the – well, here's – okay, I should start off with this. There is zero logic. There is no logic that goes into it. It's kind of – it's got to kind of be a little fun. Imagine sitting down, forgetting everything you did the week before, and just going, all right, guys, what are we doing? Like, that's got to be fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they literally just have a show, and it's they know no one would watch if it was the same four teams every week. So they have to throw some kind of, you know, kicker in there. It's like, like the, it just makes no sense of why TCU – has a better resume than Tennessee this week, but last week they didn't have a better resume than Alabama. Um, also, the chairman, Boo Cor- Corrigan, whatever his name is. Um, right. Yeah, Boo. Boo. Yeah, Boo him. He smells like Boo or Poo. Um, yeah, that, that just made no sense to me. And, and then they're like, well, they they have a six wins of teams above 500. Well, all six of those teams have at least three losses, and one is an FCS school, Tarleton State, that's five and four. How um, many does Tennessee have above 500? I don't know, but I do have the um, records of the opponents. Uh, Tennessee, Tennessee's opponent overall record is 50 and 31. TCU's is 41 and 40. That's, that's pretty – well, I mean, and, and I would not – I wouldn't have a problem with TCU being above Tennessee if they were above Alabama last week, like you said. Correct. I would, I would get it. Because I am. I told you last week, I get why you almost have to say if TCU is undefeated, they're in a Power 5 conference. And it, this goes into how terribly structured college football is. I understand that if they're undefeated Power 5, they're going to be in the college football playoff. I yeah. get that, and I am okay with that. It's just dumb. Like you said, there's no logic. And again, I kind of go back into, I'm indifferent to that. I kind of think it's fun to go in every week with a fresh mind, but just say that and go, listen, we watched uh, college football this week, essentially with no rankings. We said, here were the teams we were most impressed with. If you lost, you're, you're going to take a hit. And then we, we look at resume as well. I'm okay with that because I think it's so dumb that the AP starts off, preseason rankings mean absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. And yet mm-hmm. they rank week one based on preseason rankings. It's mind-boggling to me. Um, so I do kind of respect it to a level of like every week's fresh. I, again, to, to an extent, I respect it. But there's got to be some method to the madness. And the TCU jump in Tennessee um, before they jumped Alabama, it's just 
nothing makes sense. So if Alabama beat LSU, does TCU jump them? I, I don't – like they literally – like Boo Corrigan said, um, you know, last week he was like – when they asked about Alabama TCU, he's like, well, TCU um, has first-half holes. And then this week they're like, okay, why does TCU above Tennessee – and he was like, well, he praised him for not giving up second-half points. You can't play both sides. <laughs> you can't play both sides. Unless <laughs> your name is Missouri, then you only play one side of the ball. Yeah. But you can't play both sides. Um, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's it's unreal. Like, if you're going to make a decision, just stick by it. Don't, <laughs> don't be all over the place. Like Kirk Herbstreit. I mean, good God, man. He literally was like, whether you lose by 10 or 46, I don't look at it as different. There's a totally different – 14 and 46 are worlds apart. Yeah, it's not 14 and 20. Yeah, a 46-year-old and a 14-year-old, that is – you go to <laughs> jail for that. Easy, brother. God. <laughs> you go to jail for that. I mean, God. 46 points is a blowout. 14 hey, not, points not is not, not a blowout. No, and that's the thing. Like I said, unless you're box score watching, um, you know, because they – I mean, ten, I mean, if you look at the box score, Georgia – just flat out. I mean, that's Georgia never lost. Like it was never in doubt for Georgia. Tennessee, Tennessee gets the ball in a favorable position. I can't remember the exact yard line. Never in doubt. Tennessee deserved to drop for that. I'm even okay with Tennessee dropping to five. I just don't get the logic of how it happened. That's my only issue. That's yeah. it. That's my only issue. Well, and, and Kurt, Oregon, Oregon's better than TCU. Resume, Oregon's better than TCU. What are we doing? I agree. I just don't like Kirk. Kirk says that, and then he says style points are going to matter down the stretch. That's literally style points. If you're saying forty six <laughs> and fourteen are the same, like that is style points. It's a bad style that you lost by forty six, but it's still style points. It makes no sense. And I hate. I hate, I, I hate that LSU is going to get away with a one, like a loss in week one to a terrible FSU team. Listen. Week one and week twelve, they're in the same season. Yeah, they're in, and that's another thing. A lot of people were saying, you know, Georgia deserved to be number one over Tennessee because of, and I think they did, but not for this reason, because they're the defending champion. It's college football. Georgia saw a massive overhaul. That doesn't make sense. Just like saying, well, a team's completely different in week one than than they are in week twelve. No, 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 no. This is the exact same team. Are they playing better? Maybe. It's the exact same team. And if you lost in week one and then you lost in week two, oh, you're 10 and two? Doesn't matter. It happened week one and two. What? Yeah. What are we uh, doing? Like, what are we doing? Also, that they played on a neutral side and lost by 46 points. We played on the road and lost by 14, and we were an eight and a half point underdog. And according so to So that's Bush not Jones, a blowout. That is not right. a blow. 46 points is a blowout. 14 points is not a blowout. And according to Butch Jones, we're still in year one. Last year was year zero. We're in year one. I've never heard an Oregon coach say that. So Dan Landing's in year one. Tennessee's in year one. So just miss me with that. I just don't. I, I don't get like they try. They're setting it up to, you know, Oregon will jump Tennessee. Yeah. If the if they went out and they're the Pac-12 champion. Because they, they do play ranked teams down the stretch. Tennessee does not. I just I just don't get why you put Tennessee out of number four. 
I think that's where style points become important is how Oregon fares down the stretch. That style points shouldn't matter for a TCU team that hasn't played anyone and will play no one. Texas could very well very well end up outside the college football playoff rankings. Very well. They've, they've already lost three games. And I, I, if they're only lost to TCU, that's different, and that drops them out somehow, that's different. I, if you lose to a ranked team, that's what's going to happen. But a team like Tennessee and Oregon where Oregon gets an extra shot because they play in a weaker conference, they still have one loss, then I'm okay with looking at let's look at resume, who they've played, and what they've done against them. And then if Oregon outweighs Tennessee, that's a different conversation. Totally different conversation. And, again, I don't have a problem with TCU being number four. It's how they put them at number four that doesn't make sense. College fall playoff committee, you're stupid. Idiot of the week, you suck. You suck. Yeah, I just don't like – going back to the TCU thing, it's like what what made them ahead of the best one-loss team? Like you, you, you put them behind Alabama – Tennessee has a loss. How, what did they do this week to put them above that? And all they did was they were down in the fourth quarter to a Texas Tech team who is now below 500. Yeah. I don't I don't get it. I, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I don't understand it. And I do want to ask you about some doomsday scenarios. I've got two doomsday scenarios mm-hmm. that suck. All right. First one, not the one being talked about a lot, and I think it will happen if it happens. If Michigan beats Ohio State, Ohio State's still in the college football playoff, and they and Tennessee's outside looking in. That's where I'm kind of like style points is going to matter in that game because Michigan beats them by. I mean, if if they get beat by 14, that was a blowout. Okay, <laughs> if we're going off the Kirk Herbstreit's logic, um, I, I think it does matter of kind of how that game is won. I think if Ohio State loses, they're in. I don't. That is where they'll say style point. That they'll we know they'll retract. You they you said it. They're playing both sides of the ball. Ohio State loses. They get in ahead of Tennessee. That that will literally like cause Tennessee fans will riot. Unfortunately, probably right because because if you don't have a if you have one loss and it's to somebody else in the playoff. Ohio State's would be two though. Did, to be did, fair. Oh yes, but you, then you have to go off wins and losses. You have to go off, like, who has the better resume? And Tennessee would definitely have the better resume over Ohio State. I don't think they would put a one-loss Michigan team over Tennessee because the resume is so pitiful. Yeah. Ohio State, that that Notre Dame team lost to Marshall. Okay, we can't just. (laughs) Ohio State's resume isn't great, but it's not as bad as Michigan's. I think Ohio State gets in on name alone. Though. That's what gives them the boost. It's the name. It's uh, it's the brand. Well, hopefully they just beat Michigan pretty soundly and we don't have to worry about it. I think that's what you need to happen in that scenario. Another doomsday scenario that everyone's talking about that would absolutely suck, and it's, it's obviously there's a conversation if this happens, but I think for the nature of saying there's a reason you play the games, I almost have to side with the doomsday scenario. If LSU does win out, that includes beating Georgia in the SEC championship game, they probably get in over Tennessee. Yeah. And listen, it, it sucks, and that scenario would be awful because Tennessee obviously took it to that team. But why even play the SEC championship game then? 
if it's only yeah, just, hurt your resume. Just forfeit and lose two to nothing or three to nothing, whatever it is. I mean, really though, it, I mean, it goes that's a blowout back. though. It's one sided. Yeah, and this is different because it's college basketball, but. You know, Tennessee didn't get any boost. A&M didn't make the tournament after playing in the SEC championship game. It's it's one of those things that just doesn't make sense why you even – it goes into structure of college football. Why even play it in that scenario? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, well, Georgia's in regardless. Yeah, no, yeah. And so we need them to beat LSU. I mean, that's – We're huge Texas fans this week. We we become we don't cheer for Georgia, but we hope they do win out and win the SEC championship. Yes. Or I guess we don't hope they. You know, if they they lose two games, we're in. Yeah, here's another team no one's talking about that could result in a doomsday scenario as well, and it, it would negate resume if LSU loses to one of their last three teams. Ole Miss is in the SEC championship game. If they win it, win out, win it, they're now a 12-1 and team, and they're in the college ball playoff all the way up from number 11. Resume mm. sucks, but if you're the SEC champion, you're in. At 12-1, and I should say. Okay, here, here's here's one for you. What about USC, a Pac-12 champion? USC or Oregon, out. Pac-12 champion, win out, Pac-12 champion, their name is going to be in the hat. They are kind of like – they're in the same situation as Tennessee. They need Georgia to win out. They need Ohio State to trump Michigan, and they need TCU. They're in the exact same boat as Tennessee. And even then, I think there's still an argument there. I'm curious to see which way it goes. But I think USC or Oregon wins out, Pac-12 champion. Then they're every bit as in the mix as Tennessee. Yeah, we need Texas to win this week. If Texas wins this week, it, it really opens up. Things because there's basically what like five teams realistically that have the chances at those last two spots. Um, and, and the two spots I'm talking about Georgia and I'm talking about Ohio State or or Michigan, whoever wins that yeah. game. The other two, the other the teams LSU's fighting for it, Tennessee, USC, Oregon, and TCU. Those are the yeah. five teams kind of still alive. I guess you could throw Ole Miss, but I think they lose to Alabama this week. So I, I think so too. But they're 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 eight and one, and their one loss is to LSU. LSU already having an SEC loss, they don't get that tiebreaker win if they drop one. Assuming Ole Miss wins out, so I think Ole Miss is very much in the hunt. I think Alabama wins. It is on the road, and I mean, if you're Ole Miss, you should know what you're playing for. Yeah. I just have a hard time thinking. They they could lose to Alabama. They could lose to Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl. I mean, there there's plenty of loss. There's two losses very very well set on our schedule. I can't remember who else they play. So I I don't I don't think Ole Miss is quite as in the mix as LSU. LSU kind of has a a nice schedule to lay up with, but they're still until they lose to Alabama, they're they're in the mix. In my opinion. yep. They're not being t- – they they should be ranked ahead of Clemson right now, in my opinion, because Clemson's out of the mix. You dropped them all the way back to 10. You said it. Just drop them out of the ranking at this point. What's the point? Yeah, so, I mean, they're they're out, right? I mean, yeah. one loss ACC. That's where I kind of have a little bit of a problem. And not that, you know, you got to treat you're, – you're obviously treating conferences differently. So if you're going to put an Oregon in as a Pac-12 champion, just because they're a Pac-12 champion, I think that that's kind of bullshit, in my opinion. 
You know, I see what you're saying. I do. I don't think it's just because they're a Pac-12 champion. I think it's because if Oregon goes and and wins out, you you mentioned if it's Oregon and Tennessee sitting there, Oregon Pac-12 champion. I think uh, quote unquote style points and resume are still they. It's not Oregon in automatically. It depends on yeah. how Tennessee wins their next three games. I think Clemson because they've had zero style points. <laughs> I mean, they've had the, the amount of swagger that Dabo has on TikTok. Like that's their level right now. Um, I don't. I mean, could they even? I don't think they could crawl back from where they're at in terms of anyone's opinion. I think everyone's said they're frauds all year. I think Oregon had the pleasure of losing that one to Georgia and kind of playing the underdog role from week one. And so, I, you know, they've had some impressive showings, but I think it helped drop in that first one, getting the first loss out of the way to, to Georgia and, and having – I mean, BYU, everyone was impressed by that blowout. Turns out BYU sucks. Um, getting in over UCLA. I mean – that, that's really it. So I, I think again, yeah. I think I don't think Oregon's win out when the Pac-12 immediately negates Tennessee's as much as I almost see LSU's doing it because it is the SEC and Georgia did beat Tennessee. And I mean, you get into head-to-head, but yeah, I, I don't know. It, it definitely it's it sucks that I almost want to root for that chaotic thing to happen. It's just. The Tennessee fan in me will not. I kind of wish this wasn't. It's so chaotic right now. I kind of wish we weren't in the mix or we were just outright number one because it could be a chaotic next three weeks. Absolute chaos. And I kind of like it. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking that, like, at the end of the season, like, it's kind of always worked out to this point. Part of me, that that battered ball syndrome is thinking, like, it's not going to work out this year because we're in the thick of it but it has to this point so i'm thinking these these next few weeks probably like i think tcu loses on saturday i think ohio state probably beats michigan and then it's probably tennessee is the three seed oregon the four seed tennessee plays ohio state in in the fiesta bowl and then um georgia and oregon in the peach bowl that's kind of where i'm leaning and i'm hoping I'm hoping I, that would be obviously the best case scenario. No doomsday involved. And just as far as chaos and chaos always reigns supreme, I think TCU loses this week as well. But I've doubted TCU for like six weeks straight. So I don't know where to stand on that. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. They're they're pesky. Sonny Docks, I listen to him on part of my take. I do like kind of like him a little bit. A lot more than I did, I guess. Um. But, I mean, he, he had three quarterbacks going into the year. And, I mean, of course, I think Chandler Morris won the job. And then um, Max Duggan took over when he got hurt. And they've kind of rolled since then. But in a, in a weird scenario, because Zach Evans was like a, you know, superstar at TCU and then went to Ole Miss, and now he's not even starting. So, you know, I guess what could have been. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they're complaining. It's kind of like it's it's funny that Michigan State goes and wins. I think they were sixteen point dogs, Illinois, after a bunch of dudes get suspended. It's almost if I'm Mel Tucker, I'm just peace, guys. We got to figure it figured out. You're good. Yeah. You don't have to come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's kind of all I got for college football. I mean, I just want some consistency, and and they couldn't even do it for two weeks. So um, <laughs> we knew that. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee's just got to take care of what. Um, 
control what they can control and, you know, hope it kind of all works out in the end. If not, we get to the Sugar Bowl and, you know, Tennessee fans take over New Orleans like we like we did um, before LSU. And, you know, it, it'll, it'll be a great time down there as well. It's a hell of a lot closer than Phoenix or um, – LA, so Phoenix and LA. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's gonna be rough. But hey, we'll do it. Did I tell you I bought a plane ticket? Did you already to Phoenix? Will you just cancel it if they don't go? Yeah, I got the like in like the same thing we did with our flights to Vegas, just where I can reschedule it, no charge. Okay, because you plan on going out there again, I guess, at some point. But not necessarily Phoenix, but I'll just fly southwest again at some point. Cool. So it's probably my fault we lost to Georgia, but guys, they get pretty expensive, <laughs> and I knew they were going to go up on Sunday if it happens. So yeah, in case Tennessee, which Tennessee probably ends up in the Peach Bowl if they had beat Georgia, but you got to be prepared for anything. You can't you win if you're not prepared. Yeah, that's what I heard. I don't know what wise philosopher told you that, but <laughs> um, seniors, seniors. Hey man, I, let's let's it's it's time. Standing O time, baby. Oh gosh, I got tied up in my chair. Thank you all so much. Um, everything y'all done, staying with the program. You know when it did go through a dark time. I think a lot of those guys deserve that credit, and and guys you know, transferring in to the program when it was down, like a Hinton Hooker, a Joe Milton, um, even kind of Brew McCoy and, and some of those guys, Chase McGrath. So, uh, yeah, props to those guys for uh, sticking it out. And, you know, y'all y'all deserve a ton of credit for, for what you've done for this program and the success that it's currently having. Yeah, I mean – can you can you hear me now? Yeah, I went out. I think I got tied up in my chair. Went out and standing O. Um, I was trying to get you fired up. That was a weak clap for these guys. All right, one more time. Come on, loud and proud, baby. I see Brutus in the back. That man's he got, he got up when I he got up he's when excited. I started clapping. Yeah, he's excited. Um, no, I, as a fan, like the only thing, obviously the wins and losses are important. You want to you want to win, but. Um, it's just so much better when you see guys like that want to clearly want to be here, want to compete. It's why you love guys like Zakai Ziegler. I know he's just a sophomore now, and we're talking about seniors, but guys like that um, that just seem like they want to be here and work their butt off, and that makes it easier to cheer for them. So these seniors that stay, like you said, stay with Tennessee in the the pits of despair, it just makes you you, you get a an extra soft spot for those guys. You remember those guys, no matter how many wins, losses, yards, catches, touchdowns they have. It makes you remember them a little bit more and appreciate them a little bit more. So, so your seniors, thank you for making it easier. I mean, the wins are easy, obviously, to be a Tennessee fan, but as far as cheering for just a, a, a group of guys that you want to, making it a lot easier to cheer for you all this year. Yeah, and if you want to use that extra COVID year, you know, feel free, please. Um, but but if not, you know, go to the NFL and do your thing, get paid. Um, we'll, we'll cheer for you in that regard as well. Um, go Vols. Go balls, baby. Yeah. Balls by 50. Balls by 50. Um, also, let's, let's go hoops. It's time. What a what a showing. Obviously, <laughs> we got to see him play Gonzaga in the exhibition. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, slow start. 
to the season opener. You know, you definitely want to shoot better than you did, but um, you know, four for ten, four for twenty-one in the first half, and only led by eleven at the break. <clears throat> but but you won by thirty. I think the what was the line at like thirty-four or something like that. So you almost covered. Um, you know, with with having a, a you know kind of a bad first half in there, I think it, it just felt a little forced. I didn't think there was any bad shots. It just they just kind of had that same thing that they had last year, where at times they just go on droughts where they can't throw it in the ocean. Yeah, and I mean, unfortunately, it's just I don't think Tennessee has just a bunch of pure shooters on this team, and when you shoot it as much as this team wants to now, you're going to get those periods. I think it's about shortening, figuring out a way to shorten those periods is going to be the kind of key to Tennessee success this year. Um, just because that happens. And one thing that, that carries Tennessee and um, it helps them throughout the year and obviously took them to an SEC championship because you had that last year. It's their defense. They play um, helps them kind of carry those periods, but shorten, shorten those periods. And that makes, makes them a lot easier to get through. Yeah, and somebody that's making it a lot easier is Tyree Key. I mean, that guy's <clears throat> through two games. You know, we saw him play against Gonzaga. Apparently, he made a really good shot against Michigan State to win that scrimmage, and um, and then you know, in, in this game against Tennessee Tech, was he, he looks like your best scorer. I don't know if he's your best player, but he looks like your your most confident shooter and a guy that can go ahead go get his. Um, he can get to the rim, you know. He, he's kind of a bigger body guy, um, so I, I think he can play in the post a little bit, and you know, find his shot or, or get to the rim, get to the free throw line. But he's all, also can dial it up from three. I mean, my God, he can shoot. Sorry, what a transfer! That, oh, good God. pickup. Yeah, phenomenal. Um, wish we could have had him for a couple more years, but hey, we'll take it. Um, I mean, it, he's going to be a problem, yeah. especially if you can kind of get more out of Vescovi. I'm not saying Vescovi. I'm not doing it. Um, Vescovi and, and Zakai Ziegler. If you can get more from those guys shooting the basketball. I just would like for those guys to maybe try to find their shot a little bit more with it not having to be a three. Yeah. The guy Ziegler, I think, was two for 12 from three-point. I think he was – and he just doesn't get to the to the rim. I don't know if it has to do with his size, but – and Viscovi is just – you know, he's a knockdown shooter. He was three for eight from the field. He was three for eight from three. Um, I just would like to see those guys maybe go in a little bit and, and try to find some some two-pointers, some jump shots every now and then. I guess that's yeah. me nitpicking, but it, – it, I mean, it is nitpicky, but when you when you have a good basketball team like this, you almost got to nitpick to find the things to improve on. So it's just one of those things. I mean, kind of like yeah, we were, we're doing the football team earlier this season. We have a really good free throw shooting team. We're nine for nine. I Go get go to the rim a little bit more. Be aggressive. Get to the free throw line. Let's knock them down and um, you know win games that way. I I, I love winning games from the foul line. It's nice icing it from the foul line. 
Yeah. I mean, and I think that's one thing Tennessee struggled with in the last two years, three years, really, is, is having someone that's just, all right, I'm going to the hole here. I'm going to be, I'm either going to make this shot or someone's going to foul me type mentality. Um, I mean, really since Jordan Bowen, you have it. Kennedy Chandler showed flashes of it, but wasn't quite Jordan Bowen level. Yeah. And, and that's probably because he's only here for one year and, you know, a, fr- a freshman playing college basketball, it's got to be um, a little bit of a learning curve and, you know, saw it some, like you said, flashes, but didn't see it a, a whole lot. But the good thing about it, our defense is disgusting. I mean, only allowed 13 made shots, forced 22 turnovers at 17 steals. I know it's Tennessee Tech, but um, you saw it against Gonzaga. I mean, this this defensive team is for real. They got some shot blockers. Um, they got some size, some some girth on, on the inside with, with Urosh and – um, even Tyree Key's a bigger guy. Julian Phillips is a freak athlete. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm liking this team so far. I think they are super athletic and, um, they do pass the ball. Well, like it, like I said, there wasn't like a bad shot. They just couldn't get it to go down. Yeah. I mean, and, but and with that, your defense, like if those droughts come, you know, it's, it's not the end all be all. I don't think. No, no. I do like this team too. They have kind of a mix of that. Uh, they have a mix of kind of fresh, young guys, talented guys, but also veterans. And Tyree Keys, both of those things, fresh, um, but also a veteran presence. And then you got guys like Julian Phillips, and then obviously uh, Vescovy. Ziegler's got a ton of experience. Um, Josiah Jordan James and um, Kumwa as well. And then Jonas Adu, I guess we can call him fresh, but man, he's playing a lot better than he, he was last year. Anytime. Yeah, yeah, 100%. He, he looks more comfortable. You know, he, he shot a couple threes. I don't think he made one, but uh, he did make one against Gonzaga, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this team just – they look comfortable. They look like they're having fun. Josiah Jordan James, you know, he was kind of on that pitch can a little bit the other night. It seemed like only played like 17 minutes, but, you know, was pretty efficient when he came off the bench. So, you know, look for him to carve out a starting role at some point and – you know, I, I don't know what they are going to do with Tyree Key. I mean, he's obviously your best scorer to this point. So, do you just have him come off the bench kind of like you did with Zakai last year? Or um, or is that a guy who, you know, finds him his way in the starting position at some point? Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be interesting. Um He's also playing quite a bit of guys. Jemai Meshack carved a role out, it, it seems like. Um, yeah, I think we Rush, saw it this, this time last year. Um, I think that gets shorter and shorter as we get into closer and closer to conference play. But, I mean, it's, it's good that you're you're kind of talented enough and there's enough trust there that you can rotate early. But that's good. Yeah. Rather than playing a, a full season with seven, eight guys. Oh, uh, yeah, and, and – I liked what I saw from B.J. Edwards. It was in garbage time, but, you know, five points in three minutes. Um, you know, maybe he's a guy down the road that can, you know, carve out some sort of role, maybe like a Jemai Meshack where he comes in for, you know, to try to shut somebody down or store, score a basket of, of some sort. Or, you know, maybe due to injury he has to play some. Um, but he looked – it didn't look like the moment was too big for him. Right. Right. Um, got Colorado on Sunday. Um, I, 
I think that game's at yeah, it's at two o'clock. Colorado also plays. They played UC Riverside, beat them um, eighty-two to sixty-six on Monday. They played Grambling um, on Friday at eight. So quick turnaround, and then we play them on Sunday. And I mean, Colorado's not a great program, but it's still a Power Five team that you know you want to kind of bring your all. And it is in Nashville, so should kind of feel like a, a home game for Tennessee, especially, you know, winning the, the SEC championship last year in Nashville. No, nah, so. Tampa. Sorry. Oh, that's right. It changed. Sorry. Yeah, never mind. It should still feel like a home game. Should be a lot of orange. Yeah, for sure. That deal too, man. I wish I could go to the game and then get there for the Predators game on the third. That's a deal. How much is that? I didn't even look at how much it I was. Thought, I don't. I may have misread it. I thought it was like ninety-eight bucks a ticket for or two mm. tickets. Technically, that's not bad. No, especially I think Preds game can get expensive. Wait, hold on. This is three for just ninety-eight dollars. Purchase a ticket with Lexus Lounge Access for the Tennessee vs. Colorado men's basketball game on November eighteenth, and get a fan zone ticket for the Nashville Predators vs. Montreal Canadian games on January third. Oh, <laughs> not three. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. <laughs> what happened? I just read the last sentence, and it's J. It's January abbreviated, so J A N period J- three for just ninety eight dollars. I read it's it's if you read the full sentence, unlike my idiot self, it's uh the Montreal Canadiens game on January third for just ninety eight dollars. So two uh, tickets, one day. That's why I was like, three. What third game? But yeah, I'm an idiot. Gotcha. Also, I don't know what the fan zone is. That doesn't exactly sound like a – I don't know. That doesn't sound like a great ticket to me. Yeah. <laughs> Just some – I don't know. There's something something uh, snake oil salesman about that, that name. It's a um, it's a scalper. I'm gonna, it's I bet a it sounds ticket. like a it sounds like a standing room only where you probably can't even see the ice. What if it's down like on the floor? I'm gonna I'm gonna read about it because I'm I'm curious. Let's see. <clears throat> the fan zone at Bridgetown Arena is a unique setting level located on the south end of the venue with no 200 level club seating beneath. The fan zone seats are closer than most 300 level. Okay, so it's 300 level, but not 300 level. Interesting. Okay, that sounds like pretty cool seats. <clears throat> um. Well, let's get into some uh, some segments real quick. You, you got any hey, uh, stupidity? What? Yeah, I do. Can I do? I need to use the bathroom. I'm so sorry. Uh, no, Joe, can you get in here and, and help me out here? I do want to give a most important real quick before I run to the bathroom. Did you all see Bellarmine uh, Louisville game by chance? I did. Yeah. Yep. That was that was a that? trap. Yeah, that was a trap bet. Can we talk about how just high level IQ that play was to throw that ball down the court with four and a half seconds left, three and a half, whatever it was. Smart. It'd been really Genius. smart if he could get off the rest of it too. He's played soccer before. I'm, that's all I'm saying. Football <laughs> guy. Football guy. Um, Joe, I, I do want to get your prediction for the game on Saturday. Yeah, um, I think I said fifty-two twenty. Uh, with that's just like a a late kind of garbage time. Most most backup in. Say it again. You said. So 58? 52-20. 52-20, okay. With Missouri sneaking away just some last minute, not really worth anything touchdown. So 
Gotcha. I like it. A little 50 burger. You going to be there? Yeah, I'm going to try to muster up the strength just with uh, senior senior day and everything. So, noon games aren't the best, obviously, especially around around campus with, you know, Friday night activities and everything. But um, I'm going to do my best to ride it out and make it a good time. <clears throat> cool. You uh, you tailgating at the, at the frat, dude? Nah, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I might wake up and just, like, do a little – little pregame at the apartment for like 45 minutes beforehand before I head down. But all right, I don't know about walking all the way to – are you guys – you guys aren't doing anything, are you? Uh, I think we're going to be in Circle Park at the VFL tailgate, so you can come if you want. Yeah. If I uh, – yeah, something like that. I don't think I'm going to do a whole production. That might be a 10 a.m. wake-up kind of day. Yeah, we have a wedding on Friday night, so I'm not sure exactly what um... – we're going to get into that night, so it could be just like wake up, go to the game. But for right now, we're, we're planning on getting there kind of early. Yeah. Um, you got any stupidities? Yeah, I do. I've been actually – I had one that I've been sitting on for a while um, just from like – Well, Caleb apparently was sitting on one for a while, and he had to go. <laughs> uh, he's going to love that. Um, <laughs> that's from last week. Obviously, the whole situation with takeoff dying and everything, but it was uh, a, a tweet by DraftKings. I don't know if you saw it. It's been out for a while, but um, you know the whole background of the Nick Castellanos. So that was on the Tuesday that um, – Tuesday, right? Tuesday the 1st uh, that that whole situation happened, and so that was tweeted out during the yeah. Houston game because I guess Castellanos just walked in for Philly, so um, just really – Poor PR taste. It was it was deleted like immediately, but obviously. Oh my, yeah. I mean, it, it didn't even have any like likes and retweets. Yeah, no, it got, oh, it, it got, does say deleted. Yeah, yeah, it got it got yanked down pretty quick. But um, man, yeah, screenshots live forever. Yeah, not not a good look on that one. Uh, I do have one, but I'm gonna save it because I know Caleb has a take on this as well. Um, I just have the college football playoff committee. I mean, just a poor – I understand, like, you have to do a show. But Greg McElroy, like, he – I guess this is his first time on there because he had zero clue what was going on. He said Tennessee had two home games left. One was against Vandy. That's not true. Um, Kirk Herbstreit said style points matter, and then he went and said that a 46 uh, – 46 or, or 10 points, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so uh, I mean, just just kind of contradicting themselves a little bit, and I mean, I I get like Kirk Herbstreit obviously has some bias. He he doesn't like Tennessee. He hasn't picked Tennessee until the Georgia game picks him. So he's I guess that makes him he's zero for three against Tennessee. So good for him. Yeah, um, you guys touched on it a little earlier. I think. Obviously, like you said, it's it's a production. So I think a lot of that, that is playing back that you can't just have a show and put the same teams in every week and and just be like, well, there's nothing much going on. Money, money's going to run that kind of situation. So I mean, obviously, yeah, uh, a degree of it is going to be what you might say. I don't know, unfavorable for the teams that are you know actually important and trying to get in. But for those that are just watching because it's exciting and it's television. Um, I think that's kind of taking, which is dumb. Obviously, you'd rather have just a neutral, neutral bias situation there. But um, <coughs> yeah, 
Where, where's a? I mean, if you want to make it like entertaining for some drama, why don't you just put Pat McAfee on there? Why, why are we, exactly. you know, doing these these random people that aren't funny and and just try to make a spectacle out of something? I don't get it. Yeah, I'm not quite uh, but big couple weeks, maybe it'll get shaken up and we won't have anything to complain about it for. So yeah, I also have another guy. He um uh, he's an ESPN analyst. Jay Alter, I don't, I don't know what he does actually, but they did his college football predictions for for this week, and he had LSU at five. Interesting. I'm like, really? How how, how do you even like do that with a straight face? Yeah. How do you turn that in and just be like, you know, I did good today? Right. Well, you can't forget. Desmond's uh, college football playoff final four. It was something atrocious. You you saw that, right? From like no. preseason. Oh, yeah. Didn't he have Utah or something in there? Yeah. I think Michigan's the only team that even still stands a chance. But I think he had Texas A&M, Michigan. Um, I'll have a look at it. The only it's, thing Desmond does – well, now is just he, he has crappy takes and then just laughs at everything Pat McAfee does. <laughs> yeah, so he had Texas <laughs> that's his A&M. only role on College Game Day. Texas A and M, Pitt, Baylor, Michigan, which I don't like. Maybe again, it was one of those like just trying to spice things up because everyone's already going to have a pretty consistent. But I don't know what situation you look at the SEC landscape before the season and decide that Texas A&M is the team that claws their way out of the SEC and gets into the <laughs> college football playoff out of all teams. Um, and Pitt, obviously, I mean, I guess, I, I mean, Baylor and Michigan, I guess you can make. Did he have Miami at five? Good God. Yeah. What a list. Not ideal. Um, so I do have one more and Caleb, I know you'll like to chime in, but it's, um, it's gotta be TWSAA. I mean, Drew Atkins, he's the um, head coach at Walker Valley, and he had a fantastic thread that, you know, I'm, I'm going to butcher it, but he, he just basically <clears> – <throat> they made $10,000 from the gate for their um, playoff game against Carnes. Um, they wrote a check for 50% of it goes to TWSAA, and um, then they have to split – Theirs with Carnes, so they're already down to twenty five hundred. And then after expenses and everything like that, don't they lose like fifteen hundred dollars? I don't. I don't know. I can't remember what the numbers were. I'd have to go back and look. Um, yeah, it's it's dumb. Um, if you've worked, been a part of high school sports, you know that the T bus play is is a terrible organization. Um, terribly ran. Um, the fact that they're getting. Fifty percent of the cut, and their justifications are just outrageous. Um, I mean, it's it's insane. They're charging like eight dollars a pop um, for playoff tickets, and students don't get them free. Kids under every it's like Neyland Stadium. If if you're going to that game, you're paying. It doesn't matter if you're a baby sleeping in a in a carrier. You're, you're paying to get into that game by TWS play rules. And charging eight bucks, I think it goes up to ten in the quarterfinals. It, it's insane. It, it's it, it's it's they they do nothing for the students. Um, they they do nothing for the the 
the, the programs and they get their cut and they run and and they don't do a good enough job of putting these events on and, and doing things for the schools themselves to be to justify that cut. And um, I saw one thing where they're they're paying the refs. Well, they're not paying the refs the whole season. They're paying the refs in the playoffs. I think. Well, they may pay in the whole season, but it, it, it's 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 insane. It, it's stupid. And they get a cut. That's not just football, by the way, guys. That that's a cut. I'm sure in basketball. I know it in soccer. In postseason, the TWSAA is getting paid. Yeah, and most of those teams have to take two buses. So they have to pay for <clears throat> two buses, especially in football. You know, not probably basketball or baseball, but um, football, yeah, you're having to take two buses. So travel expenses adds up. Gas well, they, adds up now. So Yeah, and then they put you, um, you know, in classifications where you're having to travel a lot. You've got teams tra- traveling from East Tennessee to West Tennessee to play in, in the playoffs. And I'm not talking semifinals. I'm talking first round, second round games, uh, and then in, in soccer, baseball, softball, track. If you're competing in the state championship, you're you're paying for not only the bus for a day, you're paying for a bus for a week and, and hotel stays. And um, TWSA is still getting their cut. You don't get. It's not like in, in in college where if you you know you make it so far, you're you get a cut and to to help out. No, 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 no. Your team's got to raise all that money, and it, it's a, it's a burden on on. Um, parents it's a burden on uh play or on programs and, and in turn a burden on players and it's just you know, I, have a que- I have a question about it <clears throat> so could you say um it's free it, it's only donation and then you wouldn't have to give that money to TWSWA, right no you, they there is a or, or you're required sets, to in the playoffs the TWSWA sets the prices who's the head uh, of TWSWA? um it, it, the guy resigned that I know the name. I, I can't remember who it is now, but uh, it, it's, it, it is truly insane. And, and listen, they, there's a lot to do. Like they, it is a job that it can't be done by volunteers. You have to pay people. You have to put them in a building. Um, it, 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 like it, it is a lot to do, but the fact that we're, I don't know how long they've been, been an organization, but I, mean, I would argue by at least 40 years, and we're still putting this kind of burden on athletic programs and in turn boosters and parents and supporters rather than trying to figure out, hey, how can we foster an environment for athletes all across the state that it, that only gives them the best experience? You know, when they go out and they try to find venues for championships, they talk about trying to give the athlete the best experience. Well, they're not getting it because – they have to. They had to find the cheapest. Some of these programs had to find the cheapest hotels. Some of them have to do GoFundmes for, to to travel to state, and it, it it's a burden, man, and it, it sucks. And um, you can fundraise all you want, but it, it, coaches' jobs too is to give athletes best experience. And and you've got you know parents paying a lot of money for their their child to play, and you want to give them stuff that makes them. Um, proud to to play for their team, and then you get to the postseason. Now you got to worry about making sure everything's good for them, not just to give them a, the best experience possible, but also just to make sure they're taken care of. It's, it's insane. And then you're saying, saying, "Hey, I don't care if you got two thousand people to your 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 soccer state sectional, and you got you raised a ton of money from that gate. We get half of it. Don't care how many people you got out there. We want fifty percent." And then they're going to turn around and charge those same parents and fans that showed up to that game 
10 bucks a head for every game they go to at this at they make it to the state champ or to the state tournament. It's insane. Do better, TSSAA. You POSs. I I I hope there's more you know, I, okay. Here here's the deal. I, I don't I need to pay was passionate about it. <laughs> I, I, I'm always, well, and here's the thing. They, they like the NCAA. They set all these rules they can't enforce, and, it, and, and it's very frustrating. Um, so, number one, just do the job you can do. And one of those things is – and maybe maybe I'll do that this week if I have time. Really go in because their budget should all be available online. You should be able to see where every penny goes. Um, and I think that's one thing, transparency. Look, if you have to charge the schools 50% from their gate to do it, if you have to, that's one thing if you have to. Um, but there better not be a penny that's being misallocated and, and going to these absurd things um, to do it. And, and I don't know. It, it's crazy. It, it Soccer, baseball, softball, track, uh, basketball have all added classes. So you've been operating how long and you're still taking 50% from every single playoff game? So what's costing more money now? That, that's what I'm confused about. Beats me. Yeah, I'm confused about it. Yeah, I'm very passionate about it. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Steel Boy at all. Yeah, they suck. Yeah, I, re- I read that. And I was, I mean, th- I first read it, and I was like, 10,000, dang, that's pretty good. And they're like, yeah, we came out uh, 1,500 in the hole. I'm like, wow. For hosting believe- a playoff game. I can't believe they only came out 10,000. Was that the right number? Because maybe it's just eight. That's still not a lot of people at that game, which is crazy. So it's it's either eight or ten dollars admission. And it used to be I don't I don't know because I, it used to be you pay them fifty percent after you pay your home field expenses, um, which that wouldn't include food and travel. That's not a home field expense. Um, home field expense would be like, you know, paying um, your ticket people if they're not volunteers. Uh, things like that. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'd be interested to look in and see. I, I, I used to know it all much, much better. Um, I haven't done that in several years, so I haven't paid as much attention. But I've known that's a problem for a while. Uh, yeah. The exact the problem he's talking about, I just don't know the exact numbers now and, and how it all shakes out. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Joe, you got any stupidities? Uh, no, that was the only one, the one that we went over earlier. Okay. Um, I did see where uh, Michael Porter Jr. got um, his hotel room got robbed, and they stole like a um, a. I just had it. Hold on. A they stole money, two Louis Vuitton bags, a golden bracelet, and this is the fail. They stole the Bible. How do you do that? You're just at like that's that's a bad omen. You can't steal the Bible. When I was growing up, my parents owned a daycare. For those that don't know, Landon knows that growing up. Um, and there was a church that rent that rented the facilities on Sundays. And so they had um, their stuff like in closets or whatever that they were they would store like their Bibles and hymnals and things in. I mean, once every like six months, it well, obviously wasn't the church doing this, there would be a break in at the daycare and there would be Bibles ripped up in like the front yard of the daycare. Like once every like often. I don't yeah. Good God! Yeah, I cleaned Psychopaths. up. Psychopaths. <laughs> Dang. 
there also used to be someone who would I, I cannot believe the police didn't do anything about it every year someone fourth of july with th- i mean dude, they had to spend like two grand on fireworks there that much firework trash left out in the parking lot it was insane every they day. just shoot off fireworks in the parking lot yeah and just just leave them good god yeah All right, well, what a show. Guys, good to be back. Back to our winning ways this weekend on Saturday. And then we get a win for uh, basketball on Sunday. The um, baseball team is having their orange and white series. Uh, If you didn't get to catch that tonight, I think the gray team was up four to one going into the bottom of the seventh. Um, Alex Stanwich hits a two-run home run, and then – Maui Ahuna hits a uh, two-run single to uh, walk it off in the seventh. So, um, a lot going on for uh, for Tennessee sports, and man, it, it's it's just it's fun to be a Tennessee Vol. I know last week was not great because of the loss of Georgia, but we're back and we're ready to go. Guys, thanks for listening. We'll be back on Sunday. We'll uh, we'll probably tweet out where we're at um, Saturday morning. I, I mentioned that me and Caleb have a wedding to go to on Friday night, so. Um, We'll see exactly what time we're able to get to that. But thanks for listening. We're bringing the boat in. We out.